Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring four left feet performing a tango of trivia, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we're building something again. Ooh, my favorite. We've built a garage recently where we picked our favorite cars from the days of yore. <laughs> that was a lot of fun, yes. And we built many other things. We like to do builders. We like to do uh, assumptions and reassumptions. Yep. And we're kind of on a build a kick all of a sudden. We and, had some good ideas come down the pipeline. And this is a this is kind of a fun, silly builder. In honor of school starting out there, yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> but we remember, we've, we're far away from the days of school starting, but we remember school starting. And one of the favorite things about school was your lunch, your school lunch. Yeah. So we're going to do build a lunch, <laughs> our ultimate brown bag lunch. Now, this isn't the lunch from the cafeteria nope. because I don't ever think there's a good one. I get maybe pizza day. Uh, square pizza is one of my guilty yeah. pleasures, but yeah, other than that. But we're talking about the ultimate, what we want in that brown bag. The classic. Whether we packed it for ourselves or our mom packed it for us. <laughs> so we're picking four things in there. <laughs> the staples. We got our Sammy, our sandwich, uh, the main course, the entree, if you will. Yes. We got a side. And we got a drink and we got a dessert. Easy peasy. And all these things, I pick things that are like my kid self. Oh, when absolutely. I did this. So we're not going to be picking like the things we actually want now or need to eat now. <laughs> Mine has like more sugar than you're supposed to have in a week, probably. That's, yep, but we were having it every day. I took a trip down memory lane and uh, I'm sure Mikey did too. Where do you want to start, Mikey? Do you want to start with the main thing, the side? You want to start with the sandwich? We can. I was. Well, or do you start with a drink? When you open it up, you open up that, you unroll that bag. Got to take a sip. To what's the yeah? What's the first thing you do? Probably the drink. We okay. can start a drink. Start with the drink. You do yours. I do mine. We'll talk about our drinks. Easy peasy. Okay. So this was right around my wheelhouse, but this was my go-to drink. Yeah. I do have one question before I get into the brown bag one. Did you yeah. at in the cafeteria? Did you guys have Vita pups? What a who now? Okay, I think it was a Connecticut thing, but we had Vita Pups that were essentially slush puppies that you could buy in the cafeteria. Oh. So I did that way more than I should because they were like 75 cents for a slush puppy in the middle of the day. It was was wonderful. Crazy. But when I had to choose to bring a drink from home, it was High C Ecto Cooler. Ah, of course. (laughs) How did I know? I could have guessed that. Probably. Oh, but it tastes so good. It was tangerine and citrus and orange. Um, But it was a limited thing because it was based on Ghostbusters. I always thought this came out with the first Ghostbusters, Uh but it actually came out with Ghostbusters 2. Oh, okay. And I thought they just drew a cartoon of Slimer. It had Slimer on it. That's how you knew Mm -hmm. it was Ecto Cooler. That's why it was related to Ghostbusters. I thought they just drew, like, made up a drawing for him for this, but it's actually taking the uh, character design from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So yeah, Ecto Cooler, it was out and released in 89. It's super delicious. They discontinued it a a few years later, like 97. So it had a good almost 10-year run. And they tried to bring it back a couple times, but only in limited releases. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I did pick it up when it came back just to have that relive my childhood sack lunch days. It was out solid for 10 years? Yep. Oh, 
Wow. It was the Ghostbusters merchandise that, yeah. that stuck around for a bit. Did you go with the little square juice box that you shoved the straw into? Of course. Yeah. It was kind of weird when they brought it back. They did put it in cans. Mm-hmm. I never tried those because it, it, it has to come out of that little cardboard <laughs> box. I'm sorry for the authentic taste. I will say that in my research, I found a recipe that you can make Ecto Cooler at home. Really? So for anybody that has the urge, and I don't think you can buy it right now, go get yourself some Tampico Citrus Punch and make it one part with another part Minute Maid Lemonade. So Citrus Punch and Lemonade, easy peasy. Haven't tried it yet, but that's my weekend project. Hmm. Ecto Cooler. Ecto Cooler. Now, I thought about this for a minute. I was trying to figure, I was trying to remember. There were so many players in the... uh, the sugary drink world. Yes. What's interesting is I never thought of anything carbonated. I always thought of everything was like juice based. I imagine your parents were like my parents and that it's not soda, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I was thinking, uh, originally I was thinking, man, I was thinking of the juice box. Then I remembered like there wasn't a lot of juice box action happening for me. Mm-hmm. I remember getting the, uh, the, the one of the, there's a, I'm going to mention a lot of classics that I didn't go with. <laughs> I remember the, the chocolate milk was always a good player. The hood chocolate milk is what we had up in the Northeast yep. in the carton that was so impossible to open. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that was like the thing you got from the school, like you're saying, kind of like the Vita whatever. Vita Pups. The Vita Pups. Yep. I didn't count that. I was thinking of something you brought from home. Yes. And then initially I thought of Capri Suns because those were a pretty big player. But I actually kind of hated Capri Suns because that stupid pouch thing and <laughs> the, you could never get the straw in right. And sometimes you put it through the side and you'd get a leaky one. And I had Capri Suns as my alternate it was, in case yeah. we both landed on Ecto Cooler. It was a pain in the butt. But the life tip on Capri Sun real quick, <sighs> stab the straw on the bottom. What? Flip it upside down and just right in the bottom. That's that. I, that's chaos. That's <laughs> nope. chaos magic, Mikey. That's efficiency. That's chaos. Chaos. <laughs> um, but I'm go. Uh, one of my favorites was the classic. I haven't had it in so long. I almost kind of want to. A lot of this stuff I want to like get now. Yeah. But it's Hawaiian Punch. <laughs> the classic Hawaiian Punch. Hawaiian Punch was always a special treat because I remember. Even in class, sometimes when we'd have like class parties, mm-hmm. they'd have that giant can of Hawaiian punch that yep. looked like an oil can from the 70s that you had to like <laughs> use the bottle. Of, well, it was the church key thing. Yeah. Look it up, kids. That had the sharp part. And you'd have to like punch it. Punch the little triangle yeah, hole. Yeah, punch in the there. triangle holes in it because it was like a completely sealed can. And then you'd have to pour it out. But Hawaiian punch came in so many different varieties. I just, I'm talking about the regular original red. <laughs> yes, red is a flavor. <laughs> and it it also comes in so many different fashions. It, they didn't make a juice box of it. They made that big giant can of it. It came in bottles. It came in everything. Yeah. But the one I always preferred, because you could get it nice and cold, was that nice can of Hawaiian Punch. Just, just like a soda can. Yep. But Hawaiian Punch. Because <laughs> that thing would get real cold. It was so refreshing. Interestingly, I don't know if you knew Hawaiian Punch was originally an ice cream topping. What? The, the syrup. Oh, okay. It was invented in 1934. It's a blend of orange, pineapple, passion fruit, and guava. There you go. Hawaiian flavors. <laughs> Tropical. And it was a syrup that was just meant to be like chocolate syrup, strawberry syrup, whatever kind of syrups you put on your ice cream. There you go. You're supposed to put it on your ice cream. It seems weird. Eh. Um, but like with all other syrups, as if any of you are historians, you know, you can eat the syrup and mix it with soda, like plain 
soda, mm-hmm. and that makes like a you know a soda. There you go. I don't know where it transitioned from going from the soda version to the flat version we have today. Yeah, but that's what we have. Hawaiian Punch. I always enjoyed the commercials with Punchy, the guy <laughs> who I always thought had horns, but apparently that's a straw hat. I always thought it was weird hair. It's a, it's a, supposed to be a straw hat. It's supposed to be a hat. Yeah, I do remember be, it like coming off like in the commercial. Stare at, if you stare at it long enough, you can see that straw hat, but okay. whatever. I just like the fact that he punched people in the face. You know, <laughs> it's like, that you was, want a Hawaiian punch? Yeah. Sure. And then he punched you in the face. And then that was the joke at school. You'd be like sitting in the cafeteria. You'd be like, hey, you want some Hawaiian punch? I'd be like, yeah. And then you punch him in the arm. Yeah. It's great. It's great. So Hawaiian punch. That's my choice of drink in a can developed 88 years ago. Wow. Was, is that the drink or the syrup? That's the syrup. Okay. The drink came shortly after, I'm sure, because they... The 1930s is when they had, like, you know, the soda fountains with the soda jerk back there. And the soda jerk, yeah. Hey, what can I get you? <laughs> 80 years, though. That's crazy. All right. Drinks are out of the way, so I reach in my bag. Do I go <laughs> snack first? Do I save the sandwich best for last? I'm trying to think how I would eat lunch as a kid. I think I ate my, my side before I ate my sandwich. Really? That's crazy. <laughs> I would eat them simultaneously, so you can go however, however you want. Okay. But I think, yeah, you would kind of bust into your side. Yeah. That was the treat. For me, the the side snack I chose is also my favorite of this brand of snack, but it's Sun Chips. Oh, good. Nice. Yeah. Sun the, Chips. The best potato chip. Okay. Are we, what flavor are we going with here? Well, see. Or variety pack. Well, I, I, knowing my mom, they, she probably had the variety pack, but given mm-hmm. my druthers, I usually just go original or harvest cheddar because mm-hmm. there was only three when they first came out. Oh, them. what were they? Uh, original, harvest cheddar, and French onion. Ah, French onion, yeah. Essentially sour cream and onion. Mm, I remember that one. They've added, since added chili lime and garden salsa, which are both excellent. Chili lime is superb. I've never had that one before. It's it, That's the newest. It came out last year. Ah, well, that explains it. Garden Salsa came out in 2006. Yeah. Sun Chips started in 91, so they've been around for a minute. But mm. try the chili lime. It's really good. I also learned that they do seasonal Sun Chips, and I've never even seen these, but mm. they've done Honey Graham Sun Chips, Sweet Potato Brown Sugar Sun Chips, Ooh. and Apple and Caramel Sun Chips. I don't know if I want a sweet Sun Chip. Okay, that's what I was thinking, too. Sweet Sun Chip. I've never had one. I'm curious to try one, but... Sounds like when they did combo sweet on us. (laughs) Some things aren't meant to be sweet. That's it. But there's a couple funny things about Sun Chips. Uh, One, they are made with the sun. They are actually Sun Chips. What? Yeah, it's kind of a cop-out, but they're made by Frito-Lay. Yeah. And Frito-Lay has a solar-powered plant, and the branch of Sun Chips was made in this plant using solar power. So, technically, made with the sun. Is that why they called them that? I don't think so. Well, I think that's just a happy coincidence. Hmm. Of Sun Chips, they started off all their branding as like a healthier alternative to potato chips. Yeah. Which it kind of is. <laughs> kind of is. Kind of mostly isn't. Um, yeah. But I think that's where the name Sun Chips come from because it's like, hey, it's sunshiny and happy. It's good for you. Another interesting thing is they used to be made with pork enzymes. So they actually used to have like meat in them, which means they couldn't have been halal or kosher or uh, vegan friendly. Weird. They've since corrected that, but that's how they do enzymes. Yep. Apparently, it added like a, like a savory, spicy mm. flavor to it to give it a little bit more complex flavor palette. Oh. But they've since changed that, like I said, and uh, the original Sun Chips are vegan friendly. So if, if you're out there and on a vegan diet, get some Sun Chips. Mm. And then the funniest part about Sun Chips to me, not only were they delicious, but I remember this being a thing. Uh, sun Chips are the loudest potato chip bag. 
like the noisiest bag. <laughs> when you're opening up, when you're getting a chip out, it's just, it was unbelievably loud. And I remember this because they did this whole campaign where they made their bags biodegradable and environmentally friendly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I guess whatever they used to make that was like stiffer than your normal potato chip bag. And like they got so many complaints that they actually went back and changed the bag again to make it quieter. That's crazy. It was such. It was so weird. But I de- I distinctly remember them being loud bags, but not anything that would deter my lunch. But so hilarious that it was enough of a complaint that they actually the company went back and changed it. I've come across some of those like brands that have like that they're like the Whole Foods type brands that mm-hmm. have those bio bags and stuff. Yep. And they never tear right. They'll like rip apart and you end up having to like put all your <laughs> chips in a big Ziploc bag, totally defeating the purpose of go. them being environmentally friendly because now you've used a gallon Ziploc plastic bag that doesn't biodegrade at all to <laughs> hold your... Yeah. Maybe they'll figure it out one day. But yeah, Sun Chips, there isn't any other chip like it. So that was a, <laughs> a, a, a usual in Mikey's sack lunch. For my sack lunch, I, I was waffling between certain things. One of my all-time favorite snacky chips is the Funyun. Oh, yes. But the Funyun can only be consumed with certain other things because that onion flavor is so overpowering. Yep. It doesn't really go with the sandwich I picked. Uh, <laughs> so I, I kind of eschewed the Funyun for another one that I had forgotten about, but I was thinking like, what did I, I didn't eat a lot of Funyuns in high school and junior high and in school days. Yep. Funyuns were like a, I think I discovered them later in life. Yep. Probably college. <laughs> I had Funyuns as an alternate, but I uh, scratched it from the list just because then you're walking around the rest of the day with Funyun bread. Yeah. That is a thing. Exactly. I went with a, a chip that I consumed tons of, and I remember getting it even out of the vending machine in high school when they introduced vending machines. Yep. It is the Muncho. <laughs> Munchos. Munchos. Those crazy dehydrated chips that yes. are kind of like a Pringle, but not. Not really. They're more like amorphous and cloud-like. <laughs> They're light and airy and super crunchy and very salty. Yep. Almost too salty, but in a good way. It's great for, you know, cutting through that Hawaiian punch. There you go. You know, you get that sugar and salt. And munchos were just a delight to have. Crunchier than a potato chip. And the fun fact about munchos, introduced in 1969. Yep. And they're made by Frito-Lay still to this day. Hometown um, heroes. And it's kind of funny if, if you can find the old munchos TV ads because... okay. When they were introduced, they hired this puppeteer named Jim Henson what? to do the advertisements. Okay. And along with his friend, Frank Oz, <laughs> they did a couple of Muncho's TV ads. It's awesome. And they made puppets for it. And one of the puppets was the Muncho monster who was super into eating the Muncho's and crunching them down and... Munchos? <laughs> Me like munchos. And guess what that puppet was? Cookie Monster. It was Cookie Monster. Yes. Was but it like a different color? Just straight he up? He looks just like Cookie Monster. That's hilarious. Um, but he was the Muncho Monster and w- later went on to be used as Cookie Monster. But so, it's the same. So you can watch the Munchos ads where he grabs the Munchos and... <laughs> <laughs> but the Muncho Monster predates the Cookie Monster? It does. That's crazy. Mm-hmm, but it's the same puppet. That's awesome. Um, and there's also a voiced by Jim Henson. There's like kind of like the uh, 
standard like news announcer guy puppet that I think they later did use in the Muppet show and stuff. But I think they put he's like bald and doesn't have any facial hair. He's kind of funny looking. Okay. And I think they put like hair and stuff on and used him as the guy puppet because it just looks like a guy. And it's just <laughs> Jim Henson doing his regular voice, which is interesting because I don't know if you know about Jim Henson's regular voice is that it's like unexaggerated Kermit. Because yeah. Kermit is just Jim Henson exaggerating his voice. I get it. Because he kind of has that that way of, you know, talking like this. Hey, who, Jim Henson here. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, you got the uh, go look him up, put Muncho's. Jim Henson ads, and you'll see this announcer guy talking about new munchos or what did they they say that they're like thicker than chips because they're not chips and or something like that. Yeah, they were kind of puffed up. Like. They're puffed up, crunchier, and uh, then the muncho monster comes in and interrupts and starts eating the munchos. I have a similar story for munchos, like you were saying about funions. Like I only discovered them later in life. They probably would have been in my school lunches, but for some reason, I, I don't know if it was the name, but I never reached for them until later. And I was like, oh, these are good. But now you got me thinking about like cheese puffs and all the puffed up snacks. I totally forgot about that in my consideration. Mm-hmm. Munchos, though. Hmm. We shouldn't have done this at lunchtime. It's making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's sides and drinks. Now we got to dig into sandwiches, mm. the main course. I was not the kid to have dessert before my sandwich. I had at least some some decorum. Yes, yes, no. You always save dessert for last. Um, so sandwiches, man. There's, I mean, you can make a sandwich out of anything you want, pretty much, and stick it between two slices of bread. So the possibilities were endless. It's but true. We did say no hot sandwiches, no like you know hoagies or grinders or anything hoagies like. Hoagies or that. grinders, <laughs> hoagies or grinders, navy, navy beans. beans, navy beans, meatloaf sandwich. No, <laughs> no meatloaf sandwich. But I remember the first time I tried this and I'm like, I'm going to have this sandwich for the rest of my lunches forever, at least in school. And that was when I discovered the club sandwich. Ah, club sandwich. Now, typically a classic club when you go to a restaurant or a pub or a sandwich place is triple decker sandwich made up with three slices of toasted bread, Mm -hmm. deli sliced poultry, usually chicken, can be turkey, ham, bacon, lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise. Mm Mm-hmm. Mine was a variation because, you know, make your sandwich your own. So on mine, I did have three pieces of bread, but it was turkey, ham, Swiss, fake bacon, the kind that was pre-cooked and you can put it in the microwave in the morning right before mm-hmm. school, right, when you're making your sandwich. And then a really spicier brown mustard, no mayo. Get that mayo out of my sandwich. <laughs> Slather it with mustard. So that was Mikey's variation on it. That's a complicated sandwich to be bringing brown bag in. Was, and here's the struggle. So a club sandwich should be toasted. Yeah. And I much prefer a toasted sandwich to an untoasted mm-hmm. sandwich, but it never survives the like toast it in the morning and then open it up four hours later. It's like still, it's kind of toasted, but it, now it's soggy because it's yeah. been sitting with the ingredients. Mm-hmm. So that was always the disappointing factor. But club sandwich was my favorite and remains so to this day. Oh, wow. But do you know why it's called a club sandwich? Because you have to be in the club to get it. <laughs> In the club, eating up the sandwiches. No. So that's a, um, isn't that a Mitch Hedberg joke? The club sandwich joke? Yeah. You're not in the club then. Yeah. I like my club sandwich without alpha sprouts. <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of was joking about the origin. Apparently, there was a recent push around the internet that said the club was an initialism like the BLT, and that club stands for chicken and lettuce under bacon. That's not correct. No. No. There are two. More possible uh, reasons why it's called the club. The first one being that the sandwich was rumored to originate in the Union Club of New York City. Mm -hmm. And this is around 1889. 
and they had advertisements, and it said, have you tried a Union Club sandwich yet? Two toasted pieces of graham bread with a layer of turkey or chicken and ham between them served warm. So based on the recipe they were advertising, it seems like they were the first to do it. But there is another claim by the Saratoga Clubhouse in Saratoga Springs, New York, in 1894, so a couple years later, but did advertisements for the same type of sandwich. So it's sort of in dispute which club had it first, but it is a club sandwich because it was based on the clubhouses serving it. Mm-hmm. So I love how the different like towns or or restaurants or whatever, <laughs> they fight over the origin of certain things That's when a- no one knows where they came from. Why is it that way? It's so much that way with food. Food is almost like more mysterious than like like cryptids and stuff sometimes. Like they always argue about like where the ice cream cone came from. Yeah. And they have this story where the guy ran out of like cups and had to use like the waffle guy next door. And everyone's like, no, that's apocryphal. And you know, but so you're saying, like, but then how? Then how? You know? Or you go to like New York and you do see the pizza places like home of the original slice or home of the original uh-huh. pie. It's like, Oh, that you can't all be the original. I know. Like, fight about it, but somebody's got to pick the winner. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just had to shut down the people that were like, it's chicken and lettuce under bacon. I'm like, that's clever, but no, that sounds like a backronym. Um, a so, backronym. Yes. Yeah, so nice. Union Club or Saratoga Clubhouse, not sure which one, but I believe that explanation rather than the other. Fancy Pants Mikey making the fancy sandwich to take to school. Oh, it's a lot of flavor. And you could stack it up and then I'd be set for the rest of the day. Just If I forgot my snacks, the sandwich would hold me over. Good old Dagwood of a sandwich. Yeah. But then my dad would be mad. I'm using up so much bread because I was like, I need three slices for my sandwich. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Why are there only heels in here? (laughs) Is that what you call the end of the bread? Do you call it a heel in your family? Uh, A heel or butt. No, but yeah, mm. the butt of the bread. Yeah, there's. Did you know there's like different regional things? Really, like names of the heel or butt of the sandwich? Yeah. Yes, those seem end right. ends. Yeah, the, yeah <laughs> the people, burnt ends. People call them different things. Well, my sandwich is one of the classicest sandwiches ever, and I'll tell you right now, I kind of waffled between the classicest sandwich of ever and the one that's a very regional one. Okay. But I went with the good old PB&J, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes. And I prefer a crunchy peanut butter myself. Ooh. And I prefer Concord grape jelly for my jelly. So Uh, grape is your favorite of the jellies? Yes. Okay. So I would want crunchy peanut butter, Concord grape jelly, the bread... I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. I have, well, I it's have just it, a transport. I get go. it. <laughs> but I do have it in my notes to ask you which sandwich bread is the best bread. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to say because it depends on what sandwich you're making. For the PBJ um, then. Well, you can't just use the Wonder Bread because then you can't speak for like <laughs> 10 minutes. And you go through your whole thing of high C trying to get it off the roof of your mouth. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Uh, you got to go with something a little more substantial. But you don't want to go with like the healthy wheat because that's no good either. I so gotcha. you have to get like a good, maybe like they have like quote unquote Italian bread that's not really Italian bread. I get you. They call it Italian bread, but it looks just like white bread. It just has a little less of the softeners in it yep. or whatever. That's always a good choice. That's good. But but I don't really I don't really remember what kind of bread my mom was buying. But I just use that bread. Same. That's why I'm a big fan of 12 grain bread because yeah. that's what my mom always had. I think it might have been a little bit of a browner bread, but I don't know what it was. Because, you know, they make that wheat bread that's just white bread where they 
diet brown, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But I almost went with, and I want to talk about it a little bit. I almost went with, well, you might recognize, a lot of people around the country don't know what it is, the fluffernutter. Oh, yes, of course. Now, the fluffernutter is the same thing, but you take out that jelly mm -hmm. and you replace that with marshmallow fluff. <laughs> if jelly wasn't sugary enough, yes. let's throw some marshmallow in Which there. comes in a jar. I don't know what people use that for other than putting on a fluffernutter sandwich. Desserts is all I can think yeah, of. I don't know what they use it for. <laughs> so let me know what you use a jar of marshmallow fluff for <laughs> other than like putting on a sandwich with peanut butter to make a fluffernutter sandwich. But I found out since leaving the Northeast that that's not a thing like anywhere else. Wow, okay. People are like, what are you talking about right now? It seems like something Southerners would be on board with, but that makes sense. Yeah, well, I don't know. The problem with the fluffernutter, though, is that's a eat-it-at-home sandwich because it gets so sticky, you really need to be <laughs> able to, like, wash your hands immediately Yep. after. You don't want to be going around all day, like, you know, you're trying to do your exam and your fingers stick into the <laughs> paper and you're, you're trying to flip the pages in your notebook over and that stick into your fingers. Fluffernutter's are messy and sticky. I believe it. And making that your daily driver of a sandwich, that's going to cause problems too. Like how many fluffernutters can you eat in a row? I know. <laughs> so I stick with a good old PB&J. There you go. Um, what kind of peanut butter do you go for? Do you go for the smooth or the crunchy? I'm not opposed to the chunky, but I prefer a smooth. Yeah? Yep. But I am a strawberry jelly guy. Ah. I don't know when that change happened because I, I grew up grape peanut butter. Peanut butter grape jelly. That mm -hmm. was the standard. I don't know what happened, but one day I had a strawberry jelly. Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is way better than grape. Yeah. And so. Well, I'm allergic to strawberry, so I could never oh, do that. Oh, there you go. That's um, a shame. And I preferred the Concord grape version of <laughs> yes. grape jelly. It has yeah. a Concord grape on the front. It's it's the original. Or else I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't know what the heck different kind of grape it is, but I don't know. And it probably, you probably, I probably couldn't pass a taste test, but <laughs> I like to see that on the jar. And I always, we were, I don't know what kind of household you were, but everyone had a, every household had a mayonnaise yep. and a peanut butter. Yes. And it seemed like the other condiments didn't matter. Yep. You never really noticed what kind of ketchup or mustard that people usually ran with. But there was always debates about mayonnaise and peanut butter. <laughs> and you either got the Miracle Whip house or the Hellman's house. I or, was a Hellman's house, yeah. Or what's that other one that's just like Hellman's but it's called something different? I don't know. It depends on the part of the country you live in. <laughs> Duke's, I think. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, but I don't think you can get that everywhere. And then peanut butter, you're you're talking about you got your Skippy, you got your Jif, mm -hmm. you got your Peter Pan. Peter Pan. And then what, store brand, I guess? Store brand or the organics. I don't, I mean, they yeah. weren't as big back then, but that's a thing now. I always be disappointed in the kid's house that had store brand. You're like, <laughs> ugh, what are you doing? <laughs> but we were a Skippy household. There you go. We had Skippy peanut butter. We were a Peter Pan household. A Peter Pan household, yeah. nice. And then you know who had a choosy mom. It was the, <laughs> it was the people who had... But Jif at their house. Wait, is it Jif peanut butter or Gif peanut butter? <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Gif peanut butter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just grew up with Skippy, so I still kind of prefer Skippy. It's that yeah, nostalgia I, taste, yeah. I can't really... Peanut butter tastes like peanut butter, really. <laughs> I mean, I don't... It'd be interesting to do a peanut butter taste test to there see you if go. you can discern the difference between the brands. I, I hadn't sat down with like the varieties in front of me, but I have noticed that like... 
I'll have a peanut butter. It's like you can taste the sugar in this peanut butter, and mm-hmm. then, or you can just actually just taste the peanuts. Like, yeah, that would be the the variation for me. But have you ever tried the peanut butter and jelly in the same jar stuff? Oh, goober, go, goobers. I Wait, think it's goobers. Goobers. Gob- yes, I, I ha- hmm. have. I ever had that before? I I have, and where though? <laughs> I don't think I ever bought it for myself. I bet you, like maybe my uncle's house in New York had that go. once. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, you I, can't get the ratio right. That's, I was gonna, <laughs> <laughs> the ratio is so key, and everybody's ratio is different. Yeah, exactly. I'm much a, a, like a, a slightly heavier jelly, but then there's days where I'm like, oh, I'm feeling peanut buttery, and so uh-huh. you can vary it. But with that jar, it's just like, you're going to get what you're going to get. Spread it out. And you don't want to make the mistake, especially if you're brown bag and peanut butter and jelly, oh. you have to put peanut butter on both sides of the bread yeah. and then have the jelly in the middle. Oh. Otherwise, you get a soggy, <laughs> you get soggy bread. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a life tip. It is a life tip. And remember those dumb kids that would pull their peanut butter and jelly out and they'd have a big purple, like, <laughs> you know, piece of bread and you're just sitting there going like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I forgot to wrap it in a napkin. My bad. <sighs> well, I have to add a little bit. We're going to guess the PB&J is our biggest talking point, but I do have to add a little <laughs> I have to add a little bit because I have this in my notes because PB&J is a classic. I've, yeah, yeah. That's probably the sandwich I've eaten the most. I love me a club sandwich, mm-hmm. but the amount of PB, peanut butter and jellies I've had is uncountable. Yeah. So I did a little bit of research on it. Do you know what made the peanut butter and jelly such a like popular classic like household sandwich? I believe it was World War II. World War II, indeed. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh-huh. So around the turn of the century... There was patents for jelly because somebody finally got the patent to peel grapes and make it into a jam. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple years later, peanut butter became a thing. And then before both of those, sliced bread was officially invented. You know, everything. Best thing since sliced bread. (laughs) What was the best thing before sliced bread? I don't know. Hotcakes, because it used to sell like hotcakes. (laughs) So all the the ingredients were there, but it wasn't until the first grape was called Grapeolade. And it was made from Concord grapes. So that's why I was saying it was the OG Uh, grapes. Grapeolade? Yep. (laughs) That was the name that uh, Wel- uh, Paul Welsh of Welsh's Grapes. Oh. That's the name he gave it. And so Grape Blade was a, a, in the rations pack for World War I. Mm-hmm. And then for World War II, the Grape Blade remained, but they added peanut butter because it was so high in protein and yep. easy to store and sliced bread. Mm-hmm. And the soldiers being, you know, it's like, let's put these together, make it efficient and make a sandwich out of it. Mm-hmm. And they came home and brought like, it was so popular in the soldiers that they just kept making it at home. And that's how it became like a household staple. Mm-hmm. World War II. Yep. Just because it was on the rations menu. Yep. That's fascinating. It was a good way for the pilots to take a meal up with them, especially the bomber pilots who were going for a long time. That makes sense. Because you could just make the sandwich and wrap it in, you know, a piece of paper yep. and just shove it in your awesome bomber jacket <laughs> and then throw a brown bag in it. As long as they put peanut butter on both sides, otherwise you get yeah. that jelly stain like we were talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh, but this is one more little trivia thing. Peanut butter was first introduced at the Chicago World Fair in 1893. It oh, was yeah. a World Fair invention. Be like, I have made butter from peanuts. Mm-hmm. Is it really George Washington Carver? Was he the one? Uh, no, actually. <gasps> For the, the Chicago World Fair one, it was um, Dr. Straub. No. Oh. Stole it from George Washington Carver, I bet. Yep. Uh, George Washington Carver gets more credit for like the actual like harvesting and processing mm-hmm. of the peanuts themselves, yeah. but Straub was the one that was like, hey, what happens if I squish these, <laughs> squish <laughs> these together? I always just figured it was someone who's eaten a whole big handful of peanuts, and they're like, oh, there's kind of a thing in my mouth right now. <laughs> I don't know. Got to add that oil in there. No. Mm-hmm. 
But now our sandwiches are done, our snacks are done, our drinks are almost consumed. Got to save a little bit of that to wash down. Desserts. Yes. I was going to say dessert was going to be a chewy chocolate chip granola bar, uh-huh, which is uh-huh. based on frequency of eating. Yeah. But that's not really a dessert. That I That's still a snack to me. Yes, mm-hmm. it has chocolate in it, but mm-hmm. kind of half dessert to me in my mind. So if I'm going for dessert in my brown bag lunch, I'm going with Little Debbie. I'm going with... Uh, they, I grew cake. up. Yeah, I grew up with them as Swiss cake rolls, but apparently oh, now yes. they're just called Swiss rolls. Oh. They took cake out of there. But okay. OG Mikey growing up, it was Swiss cake rolls. Yes. And that's dessert. That's chocolate cake wrapped around a cream filling mm-hmm. in a little spiral and then covered in fudge, mm-hmm. hardened fudge like a shell. Mm-hmm. You get two of them. Yeah. They say, so you can share with your friends? No. No. <laughs> Don't share with your friends. Maybe if you're trading for something else, but... No, two Swiss cake rolls for my dessert, yes. Are you a Swiss cake roll deconstructor or straight consumer? <laughs> straight consumer of the first one. Uh-huh. And then the second one, to make it last a little bit, I do eat the shell off around the whole thing yes. and then eat the cake and filling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, here's another Swiss cake roll question. Go for it. What did you do about the fudge that was left on the paper? Lick it off. Yes, Okay. <laughs> Because that cardboard is sturdy. Yeah. It's been packaged. Who uh, did you uh, like? I mean, thank you, Mikey. Yes. yes. The people who would just like throw that away, you'd you, see them do it. You're wasting fun. Yeah, you see them do it and you'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing? Did you ever, you ever try to do the thing where you like unroll it? Never tried to unroll it. You have to like uh, take all the fudge off yep. and then try to unroll it. Okay. It's impossible. Uh, now I have a new goal though. I mean, maybe it's possible. You'd hear it was possible. <laughs> so you try it and, and you never able, it would always like bust off at some point. I don't know what it is about deconstructing certain snacks, but I do that with Snickers ice cream bars too. Like mm-hmm. bite the shell off around it and then eat the inside. So weird. <laughs> Uh, but the Swiss cake roll is one of Little Debbie's top three best-selling, oh. next to oatmeal cream pies and yes. Nutty Buddy. Mm, yes, those are great, too. Oh, Nutty Buddies is the real close second runner-up mm-hmm, on that mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. But trivia about the, the Little Debbie. So it started in 1960. Mm-hmm. as originally is the McKee Baking Company, uh, founded by Odie and Ruth McKee. And they wanted to name one of their products after their one of their grandchildren, four-year-old Debbie. So, Little Debbie is after their grandchild, mm-hmm. named after their grandchild. Mm-hmm. Here's the best part. In present day, right now, Little Debbie, also known as Debbie McKee Fowler, is the executive vice president and serves on the McKee Food Board of Directors. Yes. She's currently running Little Debbie. Yes. And it's named Debbie. after her. Mm-hmm. And she's still alive. I mean, it hasn't been that long since 1960, but still. I read that and I was like, that's so, that's serendipity. That's so neat. But yeah, uh, Little Debbie's uh, Swiss cake rolls. Do you have a favorite Little Debbie? I do have a favorite Little Debbie. My favorite Little Debbie is the oatmeal cream pie. There you go. Which almost was my dessert here. <laughs> but I went with, I dessert was hard because like you, I was like, man, let's go with the snack cake because that's just the classic dessert Easy that piece. goes in a brown bag. Oh, for sure. Because really, I mean, my favorite kind of like dessert, if I was going to do it nowadays, is just a good old chocolate chip cookie. Okay. You know, that's great. But uh, that's not a snack cake. I want to go with a snack cake. And I like the oatmeal cream pie a lot, but that's just what I really wanted something. I really wanted a banger here <laughs> for my snack. So I went with the zinger. The zinger? Yes. Do you know what a zinger is? I, uh, maybe. Right now, no. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm showing Mikey a picture of a zinger. I know what a zinger is. So the zinger is a little cream-filled cake 
that has frosting on the top. Mm-hmm. And it comes in chocolate, vanilla, and this crazy kind that doesn't have the frosting that's like raspberry covered with coconut or something. I never ate that one. I don't even know what it is. Maybe. Almost looked like a snowball. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I always preferred the vanilla zinger to the chocolate zinger. Good call. I love a cream-filled dessert. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just good. That's I like the Swiss cake rolls, too. Those are one of my favorites as well. But it's like a... The zinger is like a, a luxury Twinkie in a way. It's like it's like a high class Twinkie. It's like it's like oh <laughs> it's like you can almost eat it with a knife and a fork, the zinger. Almost like a toaster strudel to the Pop Tart. Yes, it is like a toaster strudel to Pop Tart. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> now here's the interesting thing about zingers is first of all, you could get them in the box and usually in your sack lunch you just have the individually wrapped one. But if you go to the convenience store, those little buggers come in a three-pack. Oh. You get three of them things. That's good. Yeah, that is really good. Now, here's what's interesting about the Zinger is that, do you know about like 10 years ago, there was like this great like snack cake, all the companies started like failing and closing and stuff. I knew about it for Hostess because yeah, like, they Hostess right? declared bankruptcy and yeah, liquidated. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, here's what happened is that Zingers originally, and back in, my, back in my day, Zingers <laughs> were made by a company called Dolly Madison. Okay. And they were delicious, and I I loved them. But then Dolly Madison went out of business in the early 2000s or something, and Hostess bought them, and they started making zingers. Hostess started making zingers. Gotcha. When Hostess bought the zinger, they... Well, Hostess bought Dolly Madison, they started making zingers. Okay. And zingers went to crap. They basically, (laughs) as far as I could tell... The zinger became a Twinkie, a frosted Twinkie. Gotcha. Because zingers were originally like a pound cakey thing mm-hmm. with the frosting on top and the cream inside. And then when Hostess started making them, it was basically a square Twinkie with frosting on top. So more like a sponge cake. Um, yeah, more like a sponge cake. And I just stopped eating them, which <laughs> I probably should have anyway because they're not good for you. And I was an adult by that point. <laughs> but here's the thing. Hostess, like you said, then went out of business. Mm-hmm. And they were gone. Yep. And then someone bought Hostess and reopened them. Uh, the uh, McKee Food Company that makes Little Debbie. Okay. Well, apparently, a lot of Zinger fans are saying that they must have gone back to the original Dolly Madison recipe. There you go. Because they, when they're like, let's remake the Zinger, they got whatever recipe they got was the original Dolly Madison recipe and not whatever <laughs> they were doing. Because it would make sense to just take the... Twinkie line and just oh yeah make more. it make it so you can just use that batter and everything like that exactly but I guess McKee was like okay let's make zingers where's the recipe and they got the actual Dolly Madison recipe because people are saying now that zingers are back to the way that they were oh that's awesome years ago so it makes me now because I literally found it out when I was like looking this up <laughs> so now it makes me want to like stop on I think I'm going to stop after this and find a place that has zingers and see if they taste. Because I stopped eating them because I was like, what happened to these things? Ugh. They're not the same. Yeah, once Hostess took over, I was like, I was like, these things stink now. I get it. Well, um, I'm curious but, to see how the updated experiment goes. But I always like the vanilla ones more than the chocolate ones. But I think that when I when I was young, they came in like chocolate and vanilla came in this individually wrapped in the same variety pack thing. Gotcha. I think you'd only buy the raspberry one separate. And the, everything was like peanuts, like sponsored and stuff. Yep. Like there was like, they all had like, uh, the whole Dolly Madison had a thing going on with peanuts. Must so, have had some deal. Yeah. I think like the commercials used to have, Snoopy was like the zinger zapper or something like that. <laughs> and like Charlie Brown was always trying to eat a zinger and then. Lucy would take it from him or No, something? it would be Snoopy as the zinger zapper. Oh, he was gotcha. Snoopy like dressed like a spy versus spy spy. <laughs> and he'd come and steal it from him. 
I'll have to go check that out. That's funny. So, yes, the zinger. I used to like to peel the frosting off the top of yeah. one. I like the three. You had three different ways you could eat them. <laughs> it was really, really fun. There you go. But I, loved a, I love a cream-filled snack cake. Especially in a school lunch, man. That's, that's mm-hmm. a perfect dessert. And what's cool about the zinger, too, is you know how the Twinkie, you can see the holes in the bottom where they see the zinger, they shove it through the top and then cover it with the frosting. Hide the so evidence. You, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Makes you wonder, how did the cream filling get yeah. in there? How did it get out of here? That's a wonderful dessert. A zinger. And now that we're all sugared up, Ooh. we can't pay any attention in class. <laughs> I'm going to have a sugar crash and fall asleep in physics. That's, that's, that's part for the course. Oh, but we built our lunch. Yes. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. Our ultimate school lunch. We want you, this was like the silliest, I think this is the silliest pod we ever did. It's so silly. We were and hanging goofy. out and talking snack food. I was but, like, oh, you remember the lunches we used to have for school? It was a whole thing. Uh, but, but seriously, though, we want to know what you'd put in your brown bag. Let us know. What's the best snack? What's the best chip? What's the best snack cake? Yes, yeah, so you can hit us up at Assuming Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mostly Instagram because Instagram has pictures. Take pictures of your lunch and you send it to us. <laughs> Uh, uh, we want to thank you guys so much for listening uh, please do like and subscribe and share and uh, try and tell people what this podcast is about you won't be able to do it because we're all over the place yep. uh, so that's fun you just have to listen to it so make them listen to it we want to thank you guys so much for sharing it and subscribing and liking it and all the things that you do we also want to thank that guy Brad for doing our announcing Not Scott Productions for our equipment and Jazzar for our music and every week I say Mikey how would you like people to format the Gmail that they're going to send us at assumingpositions at gmail.com? Dot com. Um, well, since we're talking about school lunches, I want a school paper about your opinion. I want a double space, 12 Uh-oh. point Times New Roman. Oh, no. MLA formatted. Doesn't have to be 500 words, doesn't have to be three pages, but I want that school formatting oh. in my email. <laughs> oh, Mikey's turned into a teacher now. I don't like it. You have homework. Uh, you have homework. Send us <laughs> your homework. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Back to class, everybody. Yeah, enjoy your lunch and get back to class. There goes the bell. Ding.